Lockdown files. Is Matt Hancock and the rest of the UK government finally going to be held to account? Who knows? It's Wednesday, the 1st of March, 2023. It's Iconic CEO Jamie Icke, and this is The Daily Download. Well, I got a message late last night um, from a anonymous friend, let's say, warning me that there was something major breaking in the UK last night. And I should keep an eye out for it. It was something COVID slash lockdown related. Now, that's exactly what's happened. But is it a massive breaking story or is it pure distraction? So this story broke on The Telegraph, a newspaper here in the UK, at 10.45pm last night. They've even actually created a new author on the site called the Lockdown Files Team. And the headline goes like this. The Lockdown Files. Matt Hancock rejected expert advice on care home testing. WhatsApp messages reveal. Huge leak reveals conversations from over 100,000 texts showing how the then health secretary did not follow the chief medical officer, Sir Chris Whitty's tough line. Now, this is related to testing in care homes, the way people were that visited care homes were tested or isolated or things like that. So the claim is that his negligence, if you want to call it that, is what led to mass, you know, mass death of the elderly through March, April, May 2020 and caused these huge excess deaths of COVID. What it doesn't tell you is that that's a complete load of crap. The reason there was an excess deaths in care homes and of the elderly in hospitals through that period is because there was a systematic murder of them through the use of a drug called midazolam. Now, the fact that this lockdown files, revelation, leak, whatever, doesn't go into that, tells me that this is absolutely a distraction. Between April the 17th and August the 13th, 2020, According to the official stats, 17,678 people died of COVID in care homes in England alone. How many of those died for because of COVID? Well, I don't believe any because I don't believe COVID exists. But I can put some light, shed some light on why I think they did die. I think they died because of the use of drugs like midazolam. I think they died because GPs and doctors were refusing to see patients. I think they died because ambulances were refusing to go into care homes. People were being deprived of sunlight. People were being deprived of family time and seeing loved ones, which for so many will have been the hope, the desire that would have kept them alive, that will to live. Anyone that doesn't believe that's real, then I'd say you're very naive. That will to live, that desire to not give up is something massive, hence why there's so many cases of people that have been married for a very, very long time. As soon as one uh, sadly dies, the other is not usually far behind, even if they're healthy at the time of the first person dying, because you, you, you die of effectively a broken heart. And I guarantee that has happened to a lot of people in those care homes. People that suddenly had all of those family visits, grandchildren, children, um, all the entertainers that come in and, and play music and do reading, all those things that they do in care homes, had all that withdrawn. And they were just sat in their own rooms, basically left to rot. How many, you know, how many did that kill? Where people just literally gave up on life. 
I would say that accounts for a large number, but not as many as the use of the drug midazolam, which has been exposed on this channel in our film A Good Death and by journalist Jackie Devoy, who did an incredible job exposing that. I've heard firsthand some of the accounts of families and it's disgusting. And this all comes from Hancock and the health system. Where's there any revelations about this in these files? Now, I am told there is more to come. But surely if you were going to really, really hit home, you'd start with a massive revelation like that. Whereas instead, all of this is about testing. That's the test that doesn't test for the virus, the massively discredited PCR test that doctors worldwide have condemned the use of. It was never designed to be a diagnostic test. The inventor of the test himself said that. That's the inventor of the test that died suddenly the year before this pandemic started. I'm sure that's not connected. But what this does is this throws Matt Hancock under the bus in the eyes of many people. But it doesn't put any light onto the chief medical officer, Chris Whitty. This is the Chris Whitty who overruled the committee on vaccinations to say that we will be rolling this vaccine out to 11 to 15 year olds in the UK. He ignored their advice and rolled it out anyway. That one man, one man had the power to do that. That man's still in the job. He's an appointed official. He's not elected. He's appointed. What they're doing here, and this is being allowed to happen, of course, is throwing Matt Hancock under the bus, throwing a bone to the people when he's not even standing for re-election at the next election anyway. He's made his money. He's dispendable. He's expendable now, which is fine. He'll go off into the sunset, I'm sure, and do whatever he is going to do. I mentioned yesterday on this uh, episode that um, he started a TV company. So God knows what he's going to go and do. Another part of it talks about the fact that Hancock and an advisor arranged for a personal test for another Conservative MP, Jacob Rees-Mogg's child at the time of the massive shortage of tests. Again, I don't really care about that. A politician gave a backhander to another politician. I mean, is that news? Who is surprised by that? That's what happens. That's the Jacob Rees-Mogg that now has a nightly show on the apparent resistance people's channel, GB News, which is about as much the people's channel as the BBC is impartial. It's pathetic. But this is clearly just distraction. Clearly just distraction. It keeps alive the illusion that there ever was a pandemic when there wasn't. There was a case-demic which was caused by a test testing positive for a virus that doesn't exist using a test that doesn't test for a virus that doesn't exist. It's just absolutely crazy that this is something that is this apparently this big. Like I said, apparently there's more to come and let's hope I'm completely wrong and that there is a lot more to come out and that journalist Isabel Oakenshot, who is the one that's leaked this story, um, she's the author of the Matt Hancock book, The COVID Diaries. Um, so obviously she had access to all this information. Uh, however, you know, she's she's written this. She's released this. What happens in it? I don't know. Whether she's brave enough to release everything. Whether she knows everything. Who knows? But at the end of the day, so far, 
nothing that's really come out is that revolutionary, I would say. What is interesting is that there is due to be a COVID inquiry that's due to begin in June in this country, where what will happen? In the same way there was inquiries into 9-11, there was inquiries into the 7-7s, there was all these you know, inquiries and commissions. It's basically the people that made the decisions investigating themselves. It's the establishment that were behind these decisions, bodies related to them investigating themselves. So that's why these committees, these commissions, these inquiries never actually produce anything that's really going to throw anybody under the bus or really going to change anything. They're never going to have a go at themselves, are they? Of course they're not. Instead, they'll throw a few bones to the public, enough to keep you quiet. They might give you a villain or two. Maybe that's what they're doing here with Matt Hancock. And then the people that really made the decisions. So in this country, you're looking at Chris Whitty. You're looking at Patrick Valance. You're looking at people like that. They're still in those positions. Van Tam. Vincent Van Tam, they're still in those positions of power. So if there was another apparent pandemic right now, the same people would be making those decisions. That is what really needs to be looked at. Not necessarily a man who is effectively already discredited, already loathed. That's why they're throwing him that's why they're throwing him under the bus. Because without, you know, a scapegoat, people are going to start asking questions of people that are there. And they are, and they have. And in the alternative media and on this channel, we've asked questions of every single person that's been involved. People like Chris Whitty have blood on their hands. People like Patrick Valance have blood on their hands. As do the elected or apparently elected politicians like Hancock, like Boris Johnson. The now Prime Minister Rishi Sunak is the one responsible for this absolutely catastrophic financial crisis that we're in. Just chucking money out left, right and centre, giving people money to not work, which is what's led to this catastrophe. All on purpose, it's all by design and every little clown in Westminster and other regimes around the world played their part in it. But clearly they've chosen a scapegoat and that's going to be Matt Hancock. So when I received that message last night, I got quite excited thinking that something was going to come out. And yeah, something's come out, but it's nothing, really. It's a, it's a distraction. It keeps alive the illusion that testing would have changed everything. Testing for what? Can't test for something that doesn't exist. And do you know what? You certainly can't do it testing using a test that doesn't actually work. So this is almost certainly pure theatre, pure distraction. But what are they distracting us from? People are starting to ask questions about what's going on in Ukraine. They're starting to really put some pressure on why all this money is being given to them. They're trying to push this story of bird flu. There's a pandemic treaty from the WHO that's going through the UK Parliament at the moment, which if passed would basically give the government, sorry, give the World Health Organization the authority to dictate policy in the event of a pandemic. That's a pandemic that they've changed the definition of, which basically means anything now got nothing to do with how many people die. It's to do with cases. And if you're putting out a test that doesn't test properly for anything, then you can create cases left, right and centre. I never took a COVID test in my life and I never will. However, I guarantee you that if I took a test at some point in the last three years, 
I'd have tested positive. But why? I wasn't ill at any point. Because COVID doesn't exist. And it's the same with them now, all of a sudden, allowing this narrative around this Wuhan lab leak. Oh, the FBI have said it. Yeah, that's the same FBI that is one of the most corrupt organisations in the world. So why are you believing them? You're believing them now, or a lot of people are believing them now, because it suits the narrative. It suits what you want to hear. Some people jumped on the bandwagon very early that this came from a lab. It was dismissed, and now all of a sudden it's allowed to be accepted. It's being talked about more commonly. Why? Because again, it keeps the illusion alive that there was ever a virus in the first place and that there ever was a pandemic. And it also paints China as the bogeyman, which just ties into this World War Three agenda of Russia, China against the West. It's all part of a big game. It's all theatre. And it's all pure distraction. There never was a virus. There never was a pandemic. There was a case-demic. And there was policies and systems that deliberately caused these inflation of deaths in those periods during 2020. And there's now been a vaccine that has deliberately caused an inflation in deaths over the last two years and still today. And the damage that will cause going forward, who knows? When there's a lockdown slash COVID files that throws everyone under the bus. Highlights the use of drugs like midazolam. Highlights the fact the test doesn't test for the virus. Highlights the fact no one's ever actually isolated COVID-19. And highlights the fact that the vaccine is dangerous and they knew it. Pfizer knew from testing how dangerous it was. 58% of women, pregnant women, miscarried through the testing stage. The fact that they knew that and they still pushed it out and they still pushed it on kids. When a lockdown files reveals that then you will have me interested. Until then, this is complete distraction. And I don't believe this actually does anything to further the cause to expose these psychopathic people. Right, sorry about that rant. But I, I, as you can tell, I'm incredibly passionate about this. I think this is disgusting and these people need to be thrown in jail for what they have done. It's hard to find something inspirational to say. <laughs> um, but... Let's go with this. This is from Tom Lehrer. Life is like a skewer. Sorry, life is like a sewer. What you get out is what you put in. Very true. What you get out is exactly what you put in. Put in effort, put in hard work, and you'll get something out of life. If you don't, then you won't. And it's time for us to start putting in what we want to get out. And what we want to get out is a free, open, fair society. One where our differences are celebrated. They're not played upon to cause more divide and rule. Where the people that lead have empathy, have heart and have real care for the people, not the other way around. They work for us, we don't work for them. However, that's flipped at the moment and it's time to change it. Thank you for tuning in. This has been The Daily Download and I'll be back with you again tomorrow morning. Have a great day, everybody. Goodbye for now.